RadioInfluence.com. All righty, another edition of The Rock Stops here. Now, normally I do athletes, entertainers, media personnel uh, that made it to the top. And how do you stay at the top? And what about life in general and stuff like that? Well, today I consider this man making it to the top. He enjoys the heck out of his life. He is the main sports anchor at a media market station in Pennsylvania, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Now, if you're not familiar with Lancaster, you're like, oh, isn't that Amish country? Yes, yes, Lancaster, Pennsylvania is known for the Amish. Don't call them Amish. I don't like that, the Amish. My brother has been living in that area, a little town called Lidditz for, God, I don't even know how long now, 30 years maybe, and uh, something like that, 28. And I always loved it. I love visiting him and his wife and the kids and now they're all grown and some have come back to the area. Why not? It's a great, great area. But this gentleman, Pat Principe has been at his TV station, WGAL in Lancaster for 30 plus years and he's still going strong. And you know what? He's got a good life. He loves what he does. I cornered him at the Outback Bowl, he had no idea that he was going to do this podcast. And I'll give you that story on the back end. Uh, there's plenty of other stories that I got to tell you about what's going on in my life. And you guys, I hope you're just hanging. I mean, we keep getting hit over the head with the, you know, the COVID and we're just trying to, man, it's just a different life. It really is. You got to be able to go with the flow. You can't get too upset and it's okay if you do. You know, it's okay. Uh, but you try, man. Try, 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 try to keep positive. All right. So let me give you this interview. And it was at the Outback Bowl, Penn State. He was covering Penn State. If you live in Penn State and you like college football, uh, there's a there's some Pitt Panther fans. There's some great small college, the Lycoming and that, uh, you know, Kutztown State and that type of thing. But really, Penn State rules. And they were playing Arkansas. So, just enjoy this. This, 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 this to me clarifies of a man who has made it to the top. It's not about market size number. It's your life. And he's living a good life. And he has been for a long time. So without further ado, here's Pat Principe. Enjoy. All right. I am with the legend, Pat Principe, WGAL, one of the strongest stations, local news operations in the country. And Pat is still going at it strong, the number one sports anchor, sports reporter. He hasn't aged a bit. Pat, thank you so much for doing that. Well, if you look at my hair, you know I aged. But you know the, the funny thing was, um, I pulled out old video. This is the fifth Outback Bowl I've been to. I pulled out old video from the very first Outback Bowl I covered, which was 96. Um, and my hair was black. I was considerably younger. And everybody back at the station said that was the best picture they'd ever seen of me. So... <laughs> No, amazing. How many how many years now have you been doing sports on WGAL? Uh, I started in June of 83, so it's going on, well, 38 years this year, so it'll be 39 come next June. 
do you still do you still enjoy it? I mean, there's a lot with the business that has changed, but overall, here you are out covering Penn State. Do you still enjoy it, Pat? No, I do enjoy it, and this, these are the things I enjoy. I enjoy being at the games. I mean, I enjoy the college sports. I enjoy even the high school sports. We have a high school football highlight show that we've run for 25 years now, um, and, and this is what, to me, sports is about. I mean, I... Studio work is fine and all that, but I enjoy being live and being out and, you know, coming to a place like this. This has always been one of my favorite bowl games because of all the activities um, around it, like the big parade in Ybor City last night, the beach day the other day. Um, it's stuff that's more than just the football game, which, which makes it fun. And it draws in people who aren't maybe big sports fans, but they still see and they live vicariously through me because they see me enjoying myself in a nice warm sunny climate while they're sitting back home and uh, although actually back home it's been above normal temperatures 50 degrees which is warm for december but uh it's not 80 like it is here (laughs) now this podcast that i do it's about it's about the the guest it's about how you made it and i say made it to the top and you know what man i mean it when i first got in the business it would be like oh you got to get to market size and you know and as you get older you realize if you have a good situation and then you talk to some people at some high pressure things they don't last and like boy i wish i would have made it and had a nice life in a medium market how about for you when you first got into this thing what was your what was your original goal pat well you know it's funny i grew up just outside new york city in northern jersey so i knew the big city i liked the big city never wanted to live in a big city um, and I actually got into this um, more on the radio end of it. I wanted to be a radio play-by-play broadcaster, um, and I went to Ithaca College for that, majored in TV radio, was the sports director for the radio station for my last two years, did all the Ithaca College football, basketball, play-by-play. Um, I did one TV thing when I was there, and it was a friend of mine. She had a consumer show called Keep the Customer Satisfied, and she roped me in to host that. That was the only TV I ever did in college. And then I graduated, again, looked for a job, got a job in radio in sales, of all things, just so I could be working in my hometown radio station, and ultimately wound up segueing into a cable operation doing the same thing, play-by-play, color, and stuff like that. And I still was geared more to that than to the TV news end of it. So, And I worked for Suburban Cablevision, and my co-host was Bob Lee. ESPN's Bob Lee. <laughs> that, that Bruce Beck, who is at NBC New York, McLaughlin. Uh, Bruce he's, Beck uh, was two years behind me in college and worked uh, under me at the radio station, and we still connect, you know, and I still see him from time to time at various things, Super Bowls and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's, it's amazing, the, you know, the, the, the ties that you have to other people and stuff. But that's how I got my first TV break was in Suburban Cablevision, then landed a job as a weekend sports anchor in West Virginia and then gradually moved up to Pennsylvania. But, you know, I, I think everybody, when you start in this business, you have, oh, I want to work in a major market, you know, all that. But then, like you said, you get into a situation like I did at WGAL, um, great station, great ownership. Um, they really take care of their uh, their employees. Quality of life was great in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I mean, it's a place you could raise a family. And so I, like so many others there who have been there like 35, 40 years, you get comfortable and, you know, so you enjoy, you enjoy, I guess people always say being a big fish in a little pond. I don't look at it that way, but you do, you get comfortable in that situation. And I kind of lost my desire rather quickly to move anywhere else, you know? Now you cover the pros, you cover college, obviously in Penn state, and you said you cover high school. How has it changed? How much has it changed? Maybe what about the high school level? 
Like, has it changed at all, covering sports? Have you noticed a difference in the kids, or overall not that much? What do you think? Well, I mean, I think the kids are obviously now, compared to 25, 30 years ago, a lot more athletically talented, obviously, because there's better training methods and, and all that. But the thing I enjoy about high school and college to an extent is just the spirit. I mean, you know, the bands, the cheerleaders, the fans and all that. That's what it would it makes it kind of cool. And, you know, we're fortunate, the market that we're in, like you said, we get to cover pros. We cover like the Philly sports, Baltimore. We cover some Pittsburgh. We, Penn State is our major. That That's like our major league team. So we cover Penn State wall-to-wall pretty much. And then the high school. High school sports are huge in our market. Um, every station in our market does a high school football highlight show. Um, and and so that, that's what makes uh, another thing that makes that market. If I was working like in Philadelphia, we'd be covering the pros, and that would pretty much be it, <laughs> right? You know, at least you know where we are, we get a smorgasbord, right, of sports that you get to cover on different levels, and that's that's what makes it fun for me. Now, uh, just one or two more. What I always ask this to all my guests, and you probably get this a lot. You know, so and so, my kid, they want to get in the business. They're going to college for this and that. What advice would you give to an aspiring broadcaster these days, Pat? Well, I, obviously, you know, going to a college and getting some kind of communications degree is still what employers look at as far as that goes. And probably the next most important thing to that is making sure you do some kind of internship because an internship actually gets you into a station. You get to see all the different, you know, I mean, you may go into a situation thinking, I want to be a producer. And then you get into a TV station and go, oh, you know what? I might want to be a photographer. And it gives you kind of like a broad base to sort of choose from. So internships are, are very, very big. And that, I mean, you just got to be willing to, you know, obviously there's only so many jobs in this business now. One of the things that's good about the fact that we're in the digital age now, um, which actually, to be honest with you, it's a lot easier to work in this age now on a computer. I never thought I would say this, but because I grew up on typewriters and, you know, and editing, you know, film and then editing tape to tape. But editing on computers now, I mean, I can edit a story in 10 minutes. It used to take me like an hour to do so. And I think younger people now coming up have those skills and you can apply them to not just television, but now the newspaper media are doing a lot more visual, you know, cameras shooting stuff, doing podcasts. So there, I think there's more opportunity. You just have to be willing to kind of stick it out and get the right one. And, you know, you might take a job that you might not exactly want, but get your foot in the door and then try to go from there. Pat Principe, WGAL, still going strong. He's got a smile on his face. He looks great. Thanks so much. I mean, it's great to see somebody that's positive and still enjoying life. I am, very much so. Thanks. Yep. All right, thank you, Pat. I appreciate that. And that was on the fly. That was totally on the fly. I think that's like the majority of my career. I do it on the fly. You know, it should be planned out better. I'm not a big planner. I don't like planning. I like just going with the flow. Like I've said many a time, I've had my most fun times in life when nothing was planned. It just happened. And you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm in this situation. This is outrageous. I had no idea I was going to do this today. And that happens all the time. For my wife, no. Everything has to be planned out. And she is a, she gets up and she gets ticked off at me that I don't plan out things, plan out things, vacations better, and, you know, period, blah, 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 blah. So anyway, I was going to the Outback Bowl, and I... I was like, all right, who am I going to run into? Sometimes I'll look at the broadcast team. Who's doing the national broadcast? Maybe it's somebody interesting, but usually they're busy. You know what I mean? And to sit down for a podcast, <laughs> you, know, you got to do it on the fly. 
So then I came across Pat Principe and I was like, oh, he's down here. I saw on social media that he and his uh, camera person, his guy, they were out at the beach, Clearwater Beach, and they had beach day. And they looked like they were loving it. And he had something like 85 degrees, working hard, kind of kidding around because back in Pennsylvania, it's winter time, you know. I know. I used to love to do that, too. When I would come down to uh, from Jersey or Denver or wherever and come to Florida in the winter. And you, you love it. Like, oh, my God, it's all tough down here at 80 degrees. So I saw that and I was like, you know what? I know I'm trying to do people that have made it to the top, but you know what? I I think that'd be interesting. He is still at this station that long because this business, man, when you get older, uh, they usually push you out. That's how it goes. And it was all oh, they pay younger talent. You know, it's cheaper. I would have taken a pay cut, man. That's not a, that's not the deal, but they don't do that. And so when I see somebody it's my age that is still at like their same station. I love that. I think that's fantastic. And so what happened was he had no idea. I was like, maybe I'll hit him up. Let's see how it goes. So anybody that's there covering an event, they're busy. That's why their station sends them. They got things to do. Now, everybody always has some downtime, but you never know, you know, and so I was scouring the press box, not, not for him, just schmoozing, seeing a lot of people I hadn't seen in a long time. And it was great. Everybody was in a pretty good mood. You're fed by Outback Steakhouse. So the food is outrageous. Oh, it's so good. And uh, <clears throat> there I saw him. And I'm like, okay, he's got the white hair now. And da, 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 da. and I went up to him and I said, excuse me. And how you doing, Pat? My brother lives in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, a town called Lidditz. He's, you know, he was a cop in the, in the town. He's retired, but he's still working and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. How you doing? I said, listen, man, you're still doing it. Oh yeah. Yeah. 37 years. I said, can I get you on my podcast? Well, just do five, 10 minutes real quick, real quick. And he goes, mm, sure. So I went over to my seat in the press box. I bring my gear with me. I only did one microphone. If I'm, if it's going to be a long sit down. I give him the, the guests their own microphone. I'll even set up uh, sticks. They call them sticks, tripod. But in this case, you're not going to do a big setup at it. And there's other people that are trying to cover the game. This is pregame. <laughs> I'm not going to come in with bells and whistles and do a setup right at his seat at the press box. You know what I'm saying? And we just banged it out real quick. And I noted, and at the end, he had a big smile. And he goes, that was nice, man. Thank you. I said, thank you. And I was on my way. And I said, bam. So there you go. So I appreciate that. And, you know, you'll, you'll find out as you get older what means more to you. If it's good for your family, that's always number one. I work with a gentleman, a longtime news anchor, Al Rochelle was his name at Bay News 9, a real nice guy. And he was very religious, a uh, nice man. I do remember there was Battle of the Bands where they had radio and TV stations. I think it was mostly TV stations. And they would uh, compete in, and they would have a band. And all the male anchors always seemed to be the lead singer. I swear to God, whether it was Channel 10, Reggie Roundtree, 
They had this guy, Brendan McLaughlin. He was ABC <laughs> affiliate. And then there was Al Rochelle. All the main anchors, they loved to be out front, and they were the lead singers. And I do remember Al sprinkled in a couple of, like, uh, religious songs. You know, Jesus. Oh, Al, we're at a bar in Ybor City. Like, I don't know how the judges are going to go like that. I, I mean, that's wonderful, but, you know, whatever. But Al's such a nice guy. And I told him one time I was having this dilemma you know, do I sign a new contract? Do I try to go to another market, a bigger market? You know, I'm, I got this, whatever it was. And he, and he had great advice. He said, if you make a tough, if there's a tough decision with family involved, and if you have to make it, if you make it with your family's best interest in mind, like at, at they're the number one priority. If you're doing it for your family or for your kids, you're always making the right decision. And I was like, you know what? He's right. He is right. Because I think back now, I'm not going to mention a name, but there was a sports anchor in medium to large market, kind of more, more upper medium. And he had a shtick. He was good at his shtick and he had a wife and he had kids and he was looking for a gig and he got a gig in a major market. It was actually considered a freelance. I don't think they gave him the benefits and he left to take it. He left his wife and kids at home and then he just kept, he just stayed that way. And boy, that's tough, man. When you put your career like ahead, it's hard. Everybody's got to make their own decision, you know? And I don't even know how much he was actually flying back. Now I've, I've seen it work, try to make it work. I've seen it where you have the long distance relationship. Uh, you try to fly back on weekends. You may work somewhere else weekdays, but that's hard when you do have kids and your wife is trying to raise the kids. That's kind of hard. And I know a camera person at this station that used to be his camera person. And he just said, I'm not, I don't even talk to him anymore to choose to go live there because you're getting a great freelance gig and you just leave your wife to take care of the kids back home. But anyway, but my, my point is like what our show said, do what's bad. If you're doing it best for the family, it's always going to be good. So anyway, Pat Principe, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, that's a very strong station. You always get these stations in certain markets, like in Scranton, Pennsylvania, WNEP, uh, KSBY in Salinas, California, Monterey Salinas. And it's, uh, you know, so strong, man, for so many years. Like they're number one. They just are so strong. I love that. I love that. I guess I'm trying to cling to the old school, you know, but I do love that. All right. The Antonio Brown situation last week just blew me away. And I'm not going to get into too many details because everybody is way over it. I know. It's just that I have been covering sports personalities for 30 plus years, even more. And I have seen a lot and a lot of crazy shit. And this this guy, take he, he takes the cake. I've never seen anything like this. It's, it's unbelievable. And it was just, I think the thing that really, you know, it didn't surprise me that he went off. He, here's Tom Brady who took him in and he's bad mouthing even Tom Brady. 
just everybody, the you know, Arians and the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks gave him last shot. Arians said it really hurt him because nobody else was picking him up. Nobody. He was on the couch down in the Miami area, man. Nobody. Nobody wanted to touch him. And they gave him a shot. Brady. And Brady let him stay at this place a lot. And when they were working late and things like that. So I mean, wow, man, you know? And then when he when he when he had the uh the sex tape and and tried to sneak in, he did. He was able to sneak in the uh only fans only model, if you call her a model. She's she's a weird man trying to lick the toilet seats to get COVID. Yeah, I, if you didn't hear about it, oh, just Google it. I mean, it was in the news all last week, and oh, and then I thought, okay, sneaking in a woman like like that hasn't happened before. Oh, that has. And NFL, he snuck her in past security. It was at the Westin in Jersey City, New Jersey. They were playing the Jets. And I was like, wow, because the protocols are so stringent. They're so tough when it comes to the NFL because they, it, it could cost them a game. And you're close to the playoffs and you're trying to get your, you know, your uh, a million dollar incentive. You need X amount of catches. And I mean, they have stressed that to these guys like all season. And he, and he, he doesn't care. And he brought her in. And then after they, she had sex with him. She posted that picture of testing positive for COVID. Check your Buccaneers. Check your team or check your players, Bucks. And it's like, oh, my God. But, you know, there's been stories, and uh, I know of a couple of them. And you know what? Do I really need to tell? But all I can tell you is most of the time, I would say 85% of the time, NFL players, when they go to an away game, they don't try to stay out and cause havoc and stay out late and get wasted, uh, try to sneak in women. Now, because of like the COVID situation, oh my God. So, but it's happened before. What, 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 when I talk to these players, what it used to be is if you knew you were going to be inactive, on Sunday, then yeah, you try to beat, they come around. There used to always be a bed check at around 11 o'clock. That's what it used to be. Maybe it's a little bit later now. And there have been guys that I know, no names that have put the pillow and the covers and make it look like a body is in there. And then when they had roommates, the roommate would verify like, yeah, he's over there. Yeah. He's just sleeping. Yeah, we're good. We're good. And they send somebody around. They just open the door, make sure you're in. Okay, boom, that's it. Uh, have guys snuck out? Yes. Have guys snuck at, snuck in women? Oh, I know that that's happened at training camp. You know, it used to crack me up. Oh, it's so hot. Oh, they're so tired. Oh, I got some great, great uh, situations. But you know what I mean? They're, they're young, viral men. Viral, 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 going viral. They're viral. They're, they're young, they're healthy, they're men, <laughs> and they're pro football players. Uh, that's going to happen. So that didn't surprise me, but it just did surprise me that he was able to pull this off 
during the protocol COVID situation with the team. These guys are tested so much and it can cost them if it spreads, man. There's a lot of money at stake. You know what I mean? Oh my God. It just, it just blew me away. But to, but to turn and, and, and the guys that gave you the opportunity and then to just diss them. Oh my God. So you know what? Everybody's COVIDed out. Or Antonio Browned out <laughs> and COVIDed out. So we will just move on from there. Um, you know, now you now those of you that are listening up north, you're finally getting some snow. And I had to laugh because it's a media-driven thing. Listen, I worked at a 24-hour news operation. And weather sells. Weather storms, when big storms are coming, the ratings are through the roof. That's just how it goes. People like to turn it on and keep it on in the background. And you're getting all kinds of information. Now, I know you can get stuff on your phone, but there's still something about when a big storm is hitting and approaching to have on live local TV in the background, cable TV. And there you go. And I had to laugh because I saw that the Northeast last week got their first real snow and it wasn't much. And I think New York city had, what was it? Eight inches maybe. And then I saw the headline snow bombs, cyclone, New York city, eight inches of snow, eight inches of snow. What, since when is a big, like a nice heavy snow, a snow bomb cyclone. Oh, Oh, or when we're down here and, and now it's a different, if it's a hurricane cat one, cat two, cat three, cat four, but you know, tropical storm, a lot of rain. You're going to get some wind, not, 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 not killer, you know, tropical storm. Oh my God. And everybody goes out and purchase, you know, buys all the batteries and, and I've never done all that craziness, man. And I mean, we used to, when I worked at this station and it was mandatory and I get it, even if you're in sports, whatever department you're on weather patrol, you got to work 12 hour shifts. And if your shift starts at three in the morning and it's a cat three and you're scheduled to be at this place at this EOC or you're scheduled to be in Citrus County and I'm shooting meeting shooting video for a reporter my duty is to be there if I don't get there then I'm not relieving whoever has already worked 12 hours you get what I'm talking about and I remember there was the one time where I was driving, they'd even had the emergency vehicles. There was no fire. There was no rescue. There was no police on the road because of the wind was so heavy. We were in a hurricane. I had to get to my, I was driving and it was dangerous. Now that's different, but it just cracked me up with the, uh, the, the cyclone bomb. What is it? The bomb cyclone or all these names or, or, with the ominous music, you know, cyclone bomb or hurricane Hattie. And it's so dramatic, you know? And, but I'll tell you what, I'm raising my hand. If I know that there's a, you know, terror, a horrific hurricane, that's going to be hitting the coast of Mississippi or Louisiana. You know what? 
I'm home. I might check it out. I'll boom. I'll check on the Weather Channel. I'll go to CNN. I'll go to Fox. I'll go MSNBC. I'll go around the dial. I'll just see what's going on. What do they got? What do they got? It's almost like if you see a traffic accident, you know you slow down if it's on the other side. Saw one just, oh, God, I saw one today. I saw one yesterday. Oh, I saw a bad one. Car totally overturned, flipped on its head and glass everywhere. And I, I found myself slowing down, looking, looking, gawking as I drove away. I did the same damn thing. So anyway, the best of all of you that are in the North. Now, my daughter is 12 and a half and she's never really seen snow. We were up in visiting my brother one time when she was little and it was basically a frost and we told her it was snow and she went out there with her big, heavy little winter coat and was just feeling it. We did visit my mother who has since passed away. She was in, uh, it was called St. Francis in Denville, New Jersey, retirement home uh, before she went to nursing home and there was enough to make like just it had been there for weeks and weeks, maybe months. It was maybe in late February, March, you know, at the end when it's just ugh. and she was able to make a snowball and that was about it. But she's really dying to see snow. So we're trying to figure it out. But now, like even look at all the flights that are canceled, like all these shortages. What's the call? What's the reason? Is it because the the pilots and the, and the flight attendants are getting COVID? Are they just short staffed? They hadn't prepared enough. They, I don't know, but there's all this chaos. It seems like to try to fly anywhere. Who wants to deal with that? You know, and we're trying to explain to her that if we go to the Northeast, you're certainly, you're not guaranteed snow. You know, now we looked at Lake Tahoe. Maybe we should plan. Now, this is where it's going to come in. Maybe I should plan next winter to actually go to something like that or Colorado. The thing is, you can fly to Denver, but it gets real dicey, that Eisenhower Parkway, to try to get up to the mountains, right? Am I right? I know. I lived in Colorado for years. Uh, I love the snow. My father loved the snow. I love the snow. But I know that if I was living there year round and by week number eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, then you start really jonesing for the spring. That's why I love to see spring training video, seeing spring training games when I lived in Colorado, when I lived in Denver, when I lived in New Jersey. And you just see the palm trees. Oh, my God. There is a stadium. Like I grew up in New Jersey. And we had, we saw Met games, Met and Yankee games. And the Mets, this is a long time ago. I'm dating myself, man. Played at Al Lang Stadium. This is even before the Cardinals. And then, of course, the Rays. And then the Rays moved down. And I remember seeing a wide shot. And it was a little kid. And I saw the water behind Al Lang Stadium in St. Pete. And then I saw the palm trees. And I saw the 75, 80 degrees. And I, and I was a baseball player and I was like, Oh, I want to live. I want to live there. Or when I would see the, um, Notre Dame, we were big Notre Dame. My father was a Notre Dame fan and, uh, you know, Catholics, Catholic upbringing. He's from Scranton, Pennsylvania. He would even see Notre Dame when they play at Yankee stadium. And he so said he was a big Notre Dame fan. And when they would play USC, I actually liked USC more. I liked the Trojan. I like their their 
the the fight song. And I love seeing the palm trees and I love seeing California. And I said, when I was a little kid, I said, I'm going to live in either, I thought Miami, I didn't know, Florida or California. And here we are. And now I'm here so long, I'll probably be six foot under. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I'm not complaining. Very, 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 very fortunate. But it is a, it is a rough, crazy time, you know, and just, you, you gotta find something that gives you joy, you know? I mean, I'm going to get this podcast done. I'm going to get my other one done. And that's the other thing. I'm going to drink a beer too. You know, that's what I'm looking forward to tonight. But that's the other thing, you know, I've covered the NFL for so long and I never, ever, ever can remember a time where there would be so much news that would break 24 hours up until kickoff. Usually lineup is set. You know, who's out. There's really not going to be any news. And, but here I'll tell it's happened a couple of times. Now I'll tape the podcast at night. It's got to run the next day at one o'clock or if they're playing a four twenty-five game, cause my, my other podcast bucks kickoff runs 24 hours before every, every kickoff and boom, I'll tape it. I got it all done. It's in my all set, everything ready to go. I've even sent it. I learned to do that. And then boom, so-and-so test positive for COVID. Boom, boom. They got two guys out. Oh, I've talked about them. Oh, Brady worked with this guy. Oh, damn, I got to redo it again. And then it's like, ah, ah, ah. So do I just wait right until and I send it over to my guy and he's got things going on with his family. I don't want it to be last minute. But anyway, these are little tiny things. It's just life is different. Life is stinking different, man. And we're getting a kick in the bizzles almost every stinking day. It's just like, it's just life is harder. The day-to-day things are harder. So anyway, I think that's, uh, yeah, I think we're pretty good here today. Nothing going to go too long. I had a couple people cancel on me. That's going to happen. I was really set on one and hoping it was going to come through. I am getting some nice response from, uh, from people that listen, that like it, that like, like it a little bit different. Like it's not just the star athlete and, and, you know, X's and O's and it's not just an athlete, you know, media member, the rock, the DJ, you know, uh, I got another one that's going to be a little bit different and people seem to like it. You know, that's a story. It's storytelling. And that's what I like to bring the story of others. I did have a fan who's in the media. His name is Jeff. And he reached out to me. He told me he loves the podcast. I said, oh, thanks a lot, Jeff. Appreciate it, man. So we got talking a little bit about our sons and blah, blah, blah. We worked together at a station for a short time. And he said to me, he goes, you know what? You started telling the story in the last podcast about you and your wife and your daughter. And you went to two parties on New Year's Eve. And you went over to the outdoor party and you know, with the fire. And then you just said, blah, blah, blah. And then you moved on. He goes, no, no, no. I like that. I want to hear more about your life. So I'm trying to figure out that balance. I don't like to bore you out. And if it's not really entertaining. So, but I guess if you're listening, you must like it. So listen, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Happy 2022. Set some goals. Let's have fun. That's what I always say. Let's have fun. Let's have fun. My wife goes, life is more than just fun. You're always just saying, let's have fun. You know, that's my goal every day. See if I can have some fun today. (laughs) I admit it. Yeah, do I take the easy way out and things? Yes, I do. I'm looking to have some fun today. 
<laughs> each and every day. All right, man. Hey, thanks a lot. The Rock Stops here. I appreciate you guys supporting, and I will talk to you, God willing, God willing, next week. See you. This is a Dark to Light with Frank and Beans Quick Fix on Radio Influence. I feel like we get to this point in our journey where all of a sudden the experts who have actually had the balls to step forward and say anything, their entire lives go under a microscope by the same people that they've been supporting for months and months and months with truthful data and information. So now all of a sudden there's this anti-Malone crew who's been out like raising questions about his past and the things he's done and who he's worked for. Obviously, he's done all those things in his past. He's not like been awake for very long, people. This has kind of just shook him out. He said he's been multidimensionally red-pilled. The things that he did before he was, I don't give a crap about them. He you, is- can't, you, you can't pay attention to the, the purity spirals. The people, the pure, the people who go into these purity spirals where nobody's good enough, and they, they, hold, they are the arbiters of what is a, uh, a pure. Oh, everybody loves saying. It may, I, I think that people think it makes them seem like they're really uh, more discerning than the average person yeah. to think that everybody's controlled opposition. Everyone. See, yeah, there are some accounts out there with tons of followers right now that all they do is pick different people every day to attack. If they didn't do that, they'd have no chat. They'd have no, no presence. I guess Gert Vandenbosch is controlled opposition too. Absolutely. I mean, he worked he worked for uh, Bill and Melinda Gates, and, and he was one of the first people that came out and said, "Please don't do this." Doctor Eden as well. He used to work for Pfizer. He did a deal with them no less than four years ago. We should go obviously, after him. You know, obviously controlled opposition. Anyone who got the vaccine, how could you trust them? They did it themselves. Well, that to me is a more qualifying answer. Like you went out and got it because you thought it'd be great, but then you learned something different, and now you're saying don't do it. I mean. What the hell? Stop it, everyone out there. It's one thing if somebody's committed a crime or have been arrested and like convicted of something. And even then, I'm not saying I I'm not saying you should give people who have been criminals a pass. But even then, people get put into crap circumstances sometimes that are outside of their control. Dark to Light with Frank and Beans can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts and RadioInfluence.com.